This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, November 8th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. There is a massive ejection of Afghans from Pakistan now underway. Why is it happening? And what does it say about Pakistan's internal politics? Cato adjunct scholar Sahar Khan explains. Sahar Khan is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. Thank you for listening. Um, Last week, Pakistan uh, had a deadline of November 1st, where it had basically told refugee, its refugee population that those who do not have documents should, will be evicted or should leave. And that has, it's basically around 1.7 million uh, people, especially 1.7 million Afghans, which is the major refugee population in Pakistan. So you're absolutely right. It's a massive amount of people that are being um, evicted or essentially being deported. So what what is driving this a- and why now? I mean, we Pakistan and Afghanistan have had difficulties in the past, but I think people people have largely viewed Pakistan as the more civilized country. Is that unfair or is that fair? <laughs> well, you know, I I think there are a few things to unpack here. It's certainly true that Pakistan and Afghanistan have had, you know, tumultuous relationships, but currently in Afghanistan, you have the Taliban in power. And the Taliban and the Pakistani governments or the Pakistani military have always been friendly. And even the current Taliban government is has a good relation with Pakistan, where Pakistan is sort of its main uh, connector. No government has officially recognized the Taliban, but Pakistan is one of the few countries that is interacting with the Taliban in, in any way that you would expect country, countries to have relationships. So Pakistan, I think the main question when I saw the news the first time was, why is Pakistan doing this now? And I think there are a couple of reasons for that. The first is Pakistan's current state, political and economic, has been, is extremely weak and has never been this weak before. In fact, Pakistan's economy is flailing. Inflation is high. Pakistan is currently on its, I think, 23rd IMF program, and, and it, it has a great deal of debt to China and to the IMF. It's having a balance of issue problem. It's, it's having a tax base problem, all sorts of things that you can think about at the macroeconomic level it's having. And the second thing that's been happening is that there's been an increase in terrorist attacks on the border of Pakistan and Afghanistan. And these terrorist attacks, um, the Pakistan Tariqe, the Tariqe Taliban Pakistan, or the TTP, is a militant group that has claimed responsibility for most of these attacks. And of course, Pakistan blames Afghanistan for having safe havens or TTP safe havens. So all these two factors combined, the current interim government decided that these refugees or that these Afghans need to be evicted. What makes this thing even worse is that it's very rare for an interim government to make this kind of decision. In the past, anytime these kinds of deportations have happened, it's been under either military dictatorship or a civilian government, but never under an interim government. And in my personal view, I think the reason why the Pakistani government is doing this now is to deflect from its major problems of the economy and lack of security. So what is the relationship, though, if you wanted to take the other side, what is the relationship between a large Afghan population in Pakistan and violence or terrorism? So there really is not that much of a relationship. And But I think before we go into that, it's important to keep some statistics in mind. 
There are about 4.4 million Afghans living in Pakistan. Out of those 4.4 million, according to the UN, 1.3 million are registered refugees and 800,000 are still sort of, you know, waiting a legal status. Now, the Pakistani government has estimated that about 1.7 million Afghans are undocumented and they may or may not be connected to the TTP. They may or may not be connected to illicit drugs and arms and ammunition trade or black market trade. There really is no credible data for this. Even Pakistan, these numbers always make me pause as well, because in this region, it's very difficult to get accurate numbers because it's difficult to travel in this region. And the Pakistani government hasn't also hasn't done a census also for, for over a decade. So it's really hard to know the exact numbers of this. But the, um, the Pakistan does have an office of the UN High Commissioner for Refugees. And according to the UNHCR, um, its main task is to resettle refugees that come to Pakistan, not resettle them just in Pakistan, but potentially resettle them abroad. So out of those folks, there's been a sizable population that has managed to be relocated or, or, or resettled elsewhere. But the UNHCR office in Pakistan is, is completely overwhelmed by the number of requests. So there's a capacity issue there as well. So I think what we're really seeing is a manifestation of this anti-immigrant narrative, which is Pakistan's security problems are because of these illegal immigrants. And they're completely ignoring the fact that these illegal immigrants are really, really poor. They came in with nothing and they are literally leaving with nothing. So there's no data or link to show that they are the reason why the TTP has increased its attacks along the border. The U.S. has had, I don't know what you call it, an uncertain relationship with Pakistan over the last 25 years or so. Pakistan was, uh, I believe our colleague Malou Innocent called them an, uh, sort of an unreliable partner in that region that even under the leadership of Pervez Musharraf, it wasn't really clear what whether the U.S. could depend on uh, Pakistan. Things have, have turned sort of against the U.S. since then. Is there a role for U.S. policy in that region at all? I think the word uncertain is a really good word to describe the U.S.-Pakistan relationship. You know, I think ultimately what's happening in, in Pakistan right now, Pakistan's eviction of these refugees, I do think there's the reason behind this is the 20-year U.S. war in Afghanistan. This is sort of an after effect of that war. When the U.S. withdrew from Afghanistan, there were uh, about a million Afghans who fled into Pakistan seeking refuge, avoiding the Taliban government, knowing that they would be persecuted under the Taliban. And Pakistan is Afghanistan's neighbor. It shares majority of its border with, with Pakistan. And so most Afghans fled there. And then there was a fraction that fled to Iran and then to other Central Asian states. So I do think this is sort of a spillover effect of the U.S. war in, in Afghanistan. Now, what can the U.S. do about this, except for perhaps to give a statement that this is inhumane? I'm not entirely sure. And I think Pakistan's argument would be if the U.S. did come up with an official statement or, or did say something to tell Pakistan it was wrong in evicting these refugees, I think Pakistan could hit back by saying that, you know, you abandoned us, you withdrew from Afghanistan in 2021. Since then, we haven't really heard from you. Um, very famously, President Joe Biden 
didn't call Prime Minister Imran Khan when he was in power. Um, and that was kind of a big deal for Pakistan watchers. And in the past, an American president that's been newly elected has always called a Pakistani head of state, be it civilian or military. So that was kind of a big move. So I think Pakistan would hit back by saying, it's none of your business what we're doing. And this is a, a domestic issue. And we are following our domestic laws. And these are individuals who do not have documents. And we have every right to deport them. Now, that's beside the issue that it's very difficult to get documents in a place like Pakistan. Most of these people who are being evicted don't have money for food. So I don't think they would spend any money on documentation. So uh, this whole policy, I think, is, is extremely inhumane and completely and utterly unnecessary. And I personally feel that, that Pakistan is harming itself by, by engaging in something so terrible. Tell me if I'm wrong here. It seems that you have a large, undocumented population in a country that has its own problems, probably ought to be dealing with those, but is perhaps using these undocumented refugees or immigrants as cover for not dealing with those other problems. You could be describing the United States. So is Pakistan taking any page from the U.S. playbook when it comes to dealing with migrant populations? Yes, unfortunately, I think it is. And I think if the U.S. did criticize Pakistan, Pakistan could very easily say, look at what you've been doing at your southern border. Look at what you're doing with all these migrants coming from Latin American and Central American countries. And look how you're dealing with them or throwing them out or not giving them um, asylum. So, yeah, absolutely. I think this is something that Pakistan can Pakistan has learned from the United States and from other Western countries where we we're seeing this and could very easily say that, you know, Western countries are doing this and we're a sovereign country with international borders and we have every right to do just that. Sahar Khan is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. Thank you for listening.